Welcome to the Shamanic Author Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. Are you a coach, holistic, or spiritual entrepreneur struggling to write your first book? The Shamanic Author Podcast will help you release that resistance inside yourself so you can access that state of being that writing requires. See, society has it all wrong. From a young age, we're told that we have to have the house, the degree, the fancy car to be happy. But the truth is, we have to become that state of happiness, and then the material success follows. You're human beings, not human havings, right? So I'm so excited for this episode today. Let's explore energy, alternative health, first-time author challenges, and book publishing marketing strategies. If this sounds like you, I want you to head over to mountainmindtricks.com slash ultimate-guide for a free ultimate aspiring author guide. There's three steps in there that'll teach you exactly how to write a book that makes a big difference in your spiritual business, in your holistic or coaching practice. And if you want to know when the next episode is live, get updates and learn more about the shamanic writing process, follow me on Instagram at mountain underscore mind underscore tricks. That's mountain mind tricks with underscores. Follow the podcast and subscribe to the show to make sure you get the notifications when I release new episodes. What an amazing episode with Emmy Astachio. We go deep into self-publishing. Basically, this is self-publishing 101. There's so much value and so much impact in this episode. You're probably going to have to listen to it multiple times because you could learn how to publish a book just from listening to this episode. So take a listen, leave a review, and let's get into it. Hi, welcome to the show, and I'm so excited for my guest. Her name is Emmy Astachio, and she's a best-selling author, psychologist, and a self-publishing coach. So I'm so excited to get into this subject because, as you guys know, I'm a writer. I have multiple books, and writing is so important to me. So, um, Emmy, could you introduce yourself and let us know how you got into psychology, writing, coaching, all these beautiful, amazing things that you're doing now? Of course. Well, thank you for having me, Thomas. It's it's great to be here, and I'm I'm excited to share my my experience and my expertise with it, with your audience. Um, as you've mentioned, yes, I'm a best selling author. I'm a psychologist, and and I'm a self publishing coach, and I help successful entrepreneurs, coaches, and visionaries turn their passion into a number one best selling book on Amazon. And to be perfectly honest with you, Thomas, this wasn't plan a this was plan b you know it's as if life just took me down this road um as 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 you've mentioned i trained as a psychologist uh, for 20 years that was the path that i took i've been uh, a nerd you know i've i've always been um academically inclined uh, i excelled in school so i took that um that road i i studied psychology it was absolutely fascinating i did my masters i did my phd lectured at the university did research and all that but for me it it seemed as if academia was quite small for me um it felt as if i could actually do more with my time and my skills. Initially, I brushed off that feeling, um, you know, because in my mind, I was thinking, this is what I trained to do, so this is what I should do. But the thing is, when I gave birth to my son, that's when things started to shift for me. And I started to reprioritize my life. I started to see things from a totally different perspective. I saw that my time here is limited. And particularly for my son, who is only a child for a a short amount of time. And I, I want to 
cherish these moments uh, as much as I can. So I've made that decision, take that uh, leap of faith. And yeah, I I started writing my books, self-published my books. My books were absolutely uh, successful on Amazon, got the number one bestseller, even as a newbie, self-published author. And I quit my job uh, after publishing my books and now I teach others how to do the same. So it's absolutely fantastic. It wasn't my initial plan, but so for some reason, this is uh, where life took me. So I'm, I'm taking this path. Wow, I love that so much. And and so I have a couple questions here on, on um, something, I guess, you made it sound so easy that your first book made number one bestseller. And that's probably not the case because... I'm, I'm, I want to ask, did you have a coach that helped you through that? Or was there, did you go through some sort of training? Because it's, it's not that self-publishing is hard, but to get it perfectly right and hit that number one bestseller, that takes some serious finesse, doesn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. I have to say, um, because of my background in psychology, and as I've mentioned, I've been, I've actually been traditionally published. Before I went into self-publishing, I already have 30 plus publications. I have a publisher who did all the marketing and, and publishing for me. So the writing bit was the easy part for me. But for me, I know that if I wanted to make an impact, and if I wanted to do uh, if, if I wanted to reach the masses, self-publishing is the way to go. And for me, because I didn't really have any background in marketing, I didn't really know how to self-publish, I had to learn how to do that. I had to um, reach out to people who have done it before. And yes, I did have a mentor. I took a coach. Uh, you know, I, I did have a coach. I took a course and I learned from the best. And I have to say for my first self-published book, I was absolutely scared because after getting success as a traditionally published author, the last thing that I'd want to happen is to tarnish my reputation, you know, after, after writing something and for it to just flop. So for me, that was a real fear. And, and I embraced that fear, recognized that I have some limitations, I have some gaps in my skill set. But instead of that stopping me from doing what I have to do, I acknowledged it and did something about it. And I reached out to, you know, the best people in, in self-publishing. I got mentorship, you know, someone really coached me and, and took her course. And um, yeah, for my first book, I actually did outrank um, the amazing Tim Ferriss. It was just absolutely amazing. I, I, I had zero followers on social media. And for my first book to get to number one and outrank Tim Ferriss, it was just absolutely phenomenal. But as you know, Thomas, it's yeah, you are right. Self-publishing isn't really that complicated if you know what you are doing essentially you just need to know how it works um put a strategy in place and then go for it so that that's how it happened for me oh i love that so amazing and it's it's so important for us coaches to have a coach like i always feel so much better you know sometimes i have a gap of not having a coach for a while it's like you know what i need to get back to that i need my own coach all the time and and i want to go back to something that you said specifically in in kind of the beginning here was that it was almost like you had this kind of whisper that maybe the academic world wasn't the right fit for you or you could do more outside of it and i just want to get a little bit more specific because i'm really interested in what you mean by that and and how like how that made you feel and like all those things are like 
what do you mean by the academic was kind of closed or um, maybe there was something better on the other side of the academia world? Of course. Well, I have to say I do enjoy uh, research. I enjoy teaching. And in fact, I still do that. I still teach, you know, as, as, as an online entrepreneur, I teach other authors how to write and self-publish books. I still do my research because I always have this thirst for for knowledge. But for me, with academia, in the traditional sense of, of what it is, it's almost as if you are within the four walls of, of the university setting. Um, and as an academic, I've had this, um, yeah, as you've said, it's this intuition that there's so much more to um, lecturing or, or doing research in the university context. I have to say as well, when I was working at the university, I'm someone that you would call a scholar activist. I was more uh, a critical psychologist, a community psychologist. So my work is not really just confined um, in the university. I would work. I would work with disadvantaged communities um, outside of the university. I would work with um, indigenous uh, communities. I would work with young people on the street. I would work with charities and organizations. So my work really is is applied, but. Even with that kind of um, inclination, you know, calling myself a scholar activist, I felt as if when I write something, when I do my research, I'm really just sharing what I know with fellow academics or I'm just sharing it with psychology students. There's so much potential that psychology um, can offer to the world. And I felt as if um, academia is, is quite limited in that respect. That's why when I started writing my books, um, particularly my self-help books, I went for the self-published route, even if the traditional publishing route was more um, familiar for me. I've been traditionally published. That would be the easier option for me. But I felt that if I really want to make an impact and to reach my audience, you know, the people that I want to serve, self-publishing is the way to go. So um, I, I actually did feel as if after I finished my PhD and I've seen what academia was like, I, I already had that, that feeling that this, this space is probably um, quite limiting for me. I ignored that for a while, um, but as some of your listeners might know, when you, when you try to ignore your intuition, it will come back to you again and again. And for me, I had to suffer. <laughs> I have to say that I had to learn the hard way, had to go through a little bit of trauma, you know, to, to go through postnatal depression and even um, go through uh, suicidal thoughts before I, you know, before I actually make, uh, make that leap and say, look, this is not how it should be. And I have to make a change. So yeah, the intuition was there. I didn't listen at the beginning. I had to go through a bit of trauma before I woke up and, and finally decided to do what I have to do in life. Wow, thank you so much for sharing, and I really appreciate your story. And And it, it sounds like oh, this is so wise and so much wisdom here of like, when we don't listen to our intuition, when we don't truly listen to our hearts and, and trust our gut, it's like, we're not in alignment anymore. We're not um, doing what we're supposed to do here on earth. And it's like, I mean, to me, this is one of the biggest kind of catalysts for mental health stuff. And like you said, you went through this postnatal depression period of, um, of kind of realigning your whole life. And it's, it's, uh, it's such a common story of, 
of um, some sort of trauma making us realign. It's almost like spirit or universe or um, just the way things happen is like, no, you you really need to change your path. Otherwise, it's just going to get worse, right? And and um, I, I just want to say thank you for sharing that, and I really appreciate it. And um, I want to open that up to comments from you, but I also want to, um, moving forward a little bit, talk about, I'm really curious on your strategy for writing a book. Like, like, do you write an outline first? Do you do like a brainstorm? Like, I would love to hear from start to finish, like not the publishing part, but like, how do you write a book? Like, how do you do that? And um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Sure, sure. Um, I have to say, uh, coming out of academia and then going into the self-publishing route, my writing, um, my writing strategy actually changed because as an academic, what the, the way we wrote was we, we created an outline, we did our literature review, um, and then we just brain dumped, really, you know, just write what we have in our mind and, and write what we want to share. But becoming a, a self-published author and, and understanding that books essentially um, is a way to communicate with our audience and understanding that there is another person reading your book you actually have to take into consideration that other person. So in the past, the way I wrote my books is, okay, I'm the expert and I'm going to teach you everything that I know and da-da-da-da-da and I will write. That was the past. Now the way I write is I engage with my audience first. I get to know what they need. I get to know what are their fears, their hopes, their frustrations and identify particular problems that they are struggling with and how I would be able to serve them? How would I be able to support them in such a way that um, whatever it is that I write will be practical? You know, it is something that will ease their pain and that will that will be something that they can use. So it's not a matter of brain dumping and just telling you everything that I know about psychology nowadays, and especially with um, my students. You know, this is how I I show them how to write a book now is. Before you start writing your book, you need to understand your audience first. You need to understand what are they looking for? What do they need right now? What are their fears, their hopes, their frustrations, their objections, and and how you, as the expert in your field, can ease their pain? How can you share your knowledge, your skills, and your experience in such a way that will serve your audience? So yeah, for me now, the first step is understand your readers, understand your audience, and then you create an outline um, and, and figure out how you're going to, to serve them um, based on what you know and, and what you can offer them through your book. Oh, I love that. That is such amazing advice because um, I can say after writing a few books, there's always, I think for me, it was like, I have this beautiful idea. I want to help these people. And the audience was definitely fuzzy, right? Like I had a good idea um, and and the audience wasn't super clear. And then when I went through the book, um, I would say on the third or second draft, now I'm speaking to the audience. Like I would write the book first and then tweak it to the audience. And, and I think that takes a lot more time, like just from my own experience of like, wow, I really need to like focus on on who this is during that second, third draft. And it, it's a lot, lot more time consuming than um, I love the idea of doing market research of really being clear on who the person is like really getting that avatar of who, what, and, and why, and all those things, and then getting into, into the writing. Right. 
Yes, absolutely. And and I have to say, this is something that um, many of my students struggle with um, at the start um, because, yeah, they are so full of energy. They have a lot of ideas. They, Of course, you know, it's very exciting. It's it's um, you want to share what you know with your audience, but always remember that there is another person at the end of the line. You know, there's someone reading your book and really it's you trying to communicate with with that other person. So really, if you want to write a book, that would really serve your audience then that's the way to do it you you really need to understand who they are what they need and and how you can serve them even before you start writing your book wow i love that so okay so we have the audience like we've done the market research it's super clear and 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 then do we um write an outline do we um I'm, i'm curious if you write an outline still and and work through that or the way you write is there is there a different way that you do it oh well well it's uh for for me i actually do still have an outline um actually i do call it a mind map and if you see me during my um you know my, my writing process can be a little bit messy because you can see this giant wall with post-it notes everywhere you know it's like the beautiful mind <laughs> well it, and it's not really that beautiful because it's very messy um at the start but it, it gets um you, you sort of try to find patterns um from from those post-it notes try to see how they will flow well where does this bit of information go where does this bit of story go so um things flow um in in a more uh logical and sometimes entertaining way so yes i still do have an outline um my my thoughts jump around uh every now and then but because i do have a wall where i put all of my ideas in uh i can make sense and and see the big picture um and I could dip in and out in that way. And sometimes I have to say, uh, it's quite easy to get distracted with your with your thoughts. Sometimes you are writing something and then you eventually want to write something else. I put them in a little post-it note and I say, this is a topic for another book. Because there, um, there is this risk that, yeah, as, as, uh, as people who know a lot of stuff about our topic, we might jump from, from one, uh, one theme to another and you might end up writing an encyclopedia instead of just writing one book. So it's important that, yeah, you actually do understand what the focus is for the book that you are writing. And if you are getting distracted by other thoughts, um, essentially what I do is I write them on a post-it note and I pin them for potential ideas for the next books in my series. And I have to say that's a really great way to start something and actually finish it because you might end up with um, one giant book and never really get to finish it. If you have that strategy where you write and new thoughts, new ideas come to mind, you just need to write them down, put them, you know, put them on the side and you can say these are ideas for future books, which actually some of my students do, they end up writing a series of books, um, which helps actually both the writers and the readers, because if you have um, bite-sized books and you present it as a series, it's easier to write. And it's also easier to digest um, for the readers because they know that the focus of this first book is this, and then the second book is that, and and so on and so forth. So um, I know that's a a long-winded answer, Thomas, but yeah, I I create an outline, I I write as I go, but if, if I get distracted by other topics, because that happens sometimes, 
I write them down and I put them on the side and I put them as uh, ideas for future books. So I don't just jump from one topic to another and not finish the book uh, at all. Wow, I love that so much because I can tell you from my my first book, my first draft, I was so passionate and so much energy that I just sat down and started writing. No outline, no no research, no nothing. I just started like just slamming the keyboard and um, soon I had like these like document of like 40,000 words and and I printed it out and started reading it. It was just like this is like doesn't even make sense this is like uh you know it was like kind of like all of a sudden there was this idea and that idea there's no structures like i had no idea how to write a book i had no idea what i was doing i was just like i'm gonna write a book somehow some way and what i learned throughout the process was like the that fifty thousand words did like you said turn into two or three books and what's so interesting is is um, once I got an outline, I just started moving the structure into those outlines and like, oh, now it makes sense. This this isn't this is like three books kind of all mixed together into gibberish, but um, it was quite a process. And and I could see how that would just save you so much time and so much energy of like being really clear on this is the topic of the book, this is the audience, this is exactly what I'm going to write. And and for me now, when I write, I have an outline. I have the audience. I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I can just sit down with that one topic or that one chapter and I can write a chapter in two or three days. And it's not like this big ordeal. Um, that helps me so much. It's just to have that outline. It's like critical, isn't it? It's not as daunting anymore. And I know that from from um, observing my students, sometimes they they get overwhelmed by the thought of writing a book, like it's this big, um, big project. And well, actually it is, you know, you're actually imparting knowledge, you're, you're writing and, and trying to communicate uh, something to your audience. But when you see it as um, bite-sized chunks, and actually, as I said earlier, for readers, it's actually easier for them to digest, it becomes less daunting. And it's something that um, you can take one step at a time. Um, and certainly for my students, that's probably one of their biggest challenges. Um, they, they, they seem, first of all, they are excited, but when they start writing, they eventually feel um, overwhelmed that, oh my goodness, I'm writing a book. Um, and, you know, there are, there are um, thoughts flying everywhere. And if they are not organized, and, and again, if they don't have a enough experience or if they don't have a mentor guiding them or if they don't have enough confidence um, in their writing, then that when it becomes difficult. Another thing, Thomas, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but certainly I've experienced this myself, is that you know, imposter syndrome can creep in um, from time to time. I mean, for me, even after studying psychology for over 20 years, I still feel as if, um, who am I to write a book about psychology? And certainly for, for my students, I see this, that even if they are absolute experts in their fields, I mean, even if they are um, doing what they do for many, many years, they still feel that doubt they still have these insecurities because we are human. And sometimes without the right kind of support and without the confidence that you can build up um, through experience, it's quite easy to fall into the trap and say, I'm not good enough to write this book or who am I to, to impart knowledge to others? So 
you've mentioned earlier, you know, having a coach, having a mentor, or even having a mastermind, you know, a group of peers who can support you through the process is really important because writing a book can be such an isolating experience. And sometimes, yes, the self-doubt can creep in, the insecurities can creep in. And if you don't have the right support, it's easy to let go because, you know, it's not as if someone is forcing you to do this, especially if you are a self-published author. You, you are not tied to a contract um, with, with a publisher. You, you actually really need to have the, the discipline, the, the, um, the self-confidence uh, to actually get your work out and believe that what you have to offer is is worth um, pursuing. So I don't know about you, Thomas, but certainly for me, imposter syndrome was something that I had to cope with. And um, and it's certainly something that I can see time and time again with um, new authors, even if they are experts in their field. Yeah, it's so true. The imposter syndrome is, uh, it's almost, I think every writer has to go through it at least a little bit. And what's so interesting is, is through my experience, I felt like writing... Um, the book helped me integrate all the lessons or all the things I was trying to teach somebody. So it was such an empowering experience for myself. And also it, it kind of brings up all that baggage, all that stuff that we haven't dealt with yet in our life. And it's like, you got to really understand, overcome and work through those things to get to the end of the book. I feel like because the imposter syndrome could be pointing to something a little bit deeper that maybe we should be working on or, or investigating that internally. And, and I think it's just such a, it's such a spiritual, uh, emotional journey to actually sit down, write a book, publish it. And it's, it's healing to me. I truly think the writing process is healing. I'm curious on your thoughts of that, of this writing process being almost a healing journey, like a hero's journey, but the elixir is, is really, it's for the author in a lot of ways to heal, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. I've experienced that myself. And I've seen this time and time again um, with with my with my students. For me, I started um, writing my books. Uh, I just, um, shall I say, I survived postnatal depression. I felt um, inspired to actually share what I know about psychology and, and some of the strategies that I used my, myself um, to overcome postnatal depression and and um, change my life for good. You know, that was actually the the title of, of my first book, you know, Change Your Life for Good. But writing your book gives you the permission, gives you the space and the time to really reflect about what you know and, and what you can offer with the world. I think having that quiet time to, to actually um, turn your thoughts into words and words that actually make sense you know you're it's 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 something that you have to organize you you don't just put thoughts together and put random words together you actually need to make sense for others to actually make sense out of it as well so you are absolutely right um i i, I did find my um the writing experience um cathartic and i know that from observing my students especially those who are for example, writing memoirs or for for my um, coaching in my, my students who have their own psychology practice or coaching practice when they write about stories around trauma. So many of my students write about childhood trauma or sexual abuse, domestic abuse and um, addiction and so on. It's giving them the space to to think about um 
what they've gone through um, in life, how they can inspire others through their stories, through their knowledge, and, and how they can use their their words as a way to to give hope to other people and, and to, to share their lessons that they've learned in life. For the authors, it's a way for them to, yeah, to make sense of their experience, but also a sense that they are giving back, that all of the pain and suffering that they've experienced in the past actually doesn't go to waste because it can be a source of inspiration and hope for others who may still be in that position. So I've, you know, I've seen that in my, um, in my own experience. And now that I have students who are going through the same process, yeah, I have students who are, who have, you know, who have written um, about their, their life. And some of them have experienced the most horrific things, um, you know, in, in life. And, here they are now, you know, being so motivational and inspiring. You know, they tell me, you know, Emmy, it's it's such a difficult process. It's almost like you have to um, open a can of worms again. You have to reopen your wounds and and, and try to make peace with, with, with your experiences. But at the end of it, knowing that what you've written can also help other people, they feel so, it's, it's so satisfying. It's so rewarding and... For me, as their coach, you know, as their mentor, I also find it so satisfying to see um, them heal through the process and for them to uh, share their knowledge and experience to others as a way to inspire and, and serve their audience as well. I love that so much. And yeah, so much healing in book writing. It's That's why I love so, so much. I just love books so much because... Um, there's just that author went through so much internally to present that idea in such a coherent, uh, amazing way that it's, it's like a healing journey in, in a text form. It's so beautiful. And, um, what I wanted to ask you about, um, so we've, you know, we've talked about, um, the actual writing process, you know, getting through some of the negative beliefs that we have about ourselves to actually get the writing process done. But, what I want to ask you specifically about is routine and writing. And to me, this is just my experience. And I want to get your your idea on this is that writing and routine go hand in hand. Like if you're not writing every single day when you have a book that you're working on, it's it's going to go so much slower and it's so much harder just to sit down and write, you know, three days a week instead of every single day writing for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or even five minutes, whatever it is. But that routine um, is so critical, isn't it, of having that exact time, the place, where you're going to write it, how you're going to write it, and all those things, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. And and I have to say, this is something that I teach my students as well, because my background is in psychology. And in psycho and, and, and the specific part in psychology is, is I'm more of a Skinnerian. I'm a behaviorist. And, and we talk about um, creating habits um, and it, it, it becomes like an unconscious thing it, it when when you are in that particular situation you, you just go because you are you're used to that so when it comes to writing I do ask my students to allocate a, a specific time in the day um, to prepare their environment to prepare the space and to allocate the time because for some authors who would say ah oh, you know I'm just gonna write when when, when I find the spare time, the truth is you actually won't find the spare time because there will always be something that, that you have to do. There are other priorities that, that we have to do in life. And, and what happens is if you don't allocate the time, your, um, your, your book gets thrown in the back burner. So what I ask my students and what I've practiced myself 
is um, we need to allocate a specific time of the day, every day, um, to work on our book. And from a psychologist's perspective, you are actually creating habits. When this um, time of the day comes, it's almost as if your brain knows that it's writing time. You know, you're 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 putting yourself in that in in the zone, if you like, and it, it becomes automatic. You become more. Um, it, it it gets easier um, uh, when when you incorporate it in your routine. Um, and certainly for me, when I was um, when I was writing my first self published book, I I had a full time job. I just got back from maternity leave. I was starting my own business, so. It, it seems as if I actually don't have the time to write the book. But for me, I I made the time. I looked at my diary. I looked at what is the best time for me to write. What is the the when is the time that I I could be quiet, that I wouldn't be distracted, that my mind is still fresh. So essentially what I did, I woke up at six in the morning. That's two hours before my son woke up at eight o'clock. That's two hours every single day. Um, actually, it would only take me about four to six weeks um, to write a book because it's, it, it builds the momentum. It's, as soon as six o'clock hits, my brain goes automatically. Uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in writing mode. And from six to eight, that is protected time. I'm in the zone. And from eight o'clock in the morning till the rest of the day, I don't really care anymore. I can do I can do whatever I want um, with my day because I've already um, done uh, you know what I needed to do with my book. So you're absolutely right, Thomas. Um, making it part of your routine. There are some students of mine who don't have that much time in their day. Five minutes, fifteen minutes a day. That's all you need. At least there is um, you 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 are programming your your brain to actually have your book in your mind. You don't let it fall off your grid um, even if you're not on your desk typing it's still on your mind and you can still process it during the day so when you um, when you go to your desk you know what you have to write so it's important if you can find um, a way to incorporate it in your routine five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes for me I, I usually um, suggest uh, an hour two hours a day for the next six weeks that would that, that would be ideal but if not, um, yeah, just a couple of minutes a day, every day, you know, that will do the trick because it will help you to build the momentum, get into the routine, becomes a habit. And when it becomes a habit, it becomes easier. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love it. And yeah, I'm, I'm currently working my, my way through Atomic Habits, that book and James Clear. He just goes, that's so amazing. He has this exact formula of how to create habits, how to stack habits, how to uh, make habits uh, desirable, how to make the outcome. I mean, it's just, it's so detailed and amazing. The Atomic Habits book, I just, I can't uh, praise it enough. It's It's been really awesome. And and I think it's so true, the habit of writing, you know, the, um, I think one of my favorite books that called to me about writing was the Stephen Pressfield's, um, you know, The War of Art and just that resistance of just sitting down. And I think that routine really does take away that resistance because it's like we've saved the time the time is sacred now it's time to just sit down and write and um yeah i just i love it so much and um i'm curious is there any any other tips for writing or publishing or anything we haven't hit on that um you really wanted to talk about today oh yes of course um what i've noticed actually thomas is 
for most of my students, writing for them is relatively the easier part because um, I'm I'm attracting uh, students who are used to writing or they they already know what they need to write. What boggles them the most is the publishing aspect, to be perfectly honest with you. And probably because when I first got into this area, my fear was, okay, I knew what I had to write. I knew how to write. But how am I going to get that to my audience? So what what you really need to do, and I think this goes back to, to the first thing that I said in this interview about writing and publishing, is that you need to get to know your audience. Because when you know um, who you're writing it for, it's easier to write it, it's easier to, to plan it, and, and it's actually easier to market it as well. Um, when it comes to publishing, particularly publishing on Amazon, there is a really specific strategy that we follow. Um, I'm sure you know about doing your keyword research or category research, um, trying to trigger the Amazon algorithm. But this really boils down to understanding your, your audience psyche, understanding what sort of keywords they are putting on the search bar when they are looking for books on Amazon, what sort of covers would pop and resonate with your audience as they are browsing through books on Amazon. So again, you know, I did mention that from the start, you really need to understand your audience, you really need to understand your readers from the planning, from the from the writing, and then later on in terms of the publishing and marketing, when you understand your, your readers and, and what they need and what they are looking for, you would be able to, um, to, to publish your book in such a way that would resonate well with your audience. And when it resonates well with your audience, it's easier to sell it. It's easier to market it. It will pop better on Amazon. And, you know, for, for me and myself publishing Made Simple Students, I talk, I always talk about the Amazon algorithm, you know, doing the keyword research, identifying the words that, that your, your readers will put on the search bar. Try to incorporate that in your title, your subtitle, your book description, putting your book in categories where your, where your, um, your readers are, are, are trying to find books. So, when you understand them, it becomes easier to write, it becomes easier to market it, and, you know, you connect better, and, you know, it's win-win for everyone. Oh, I love that so much. So true, and and I think what I learned so much was, um, like, the editing and formatting of the book has to be really tight. I mean, it's a published book. It should look like a published book, even though, of course, there's that stigma of self-publishing of, like, oh, you know... Um, it, whatever it is out there. I don't know even what people think out there, but I know there's that stigma about self-publishing that it's not as good as traditional publishing. And and I take that upon myself, like this book needs to look perfect because of that, of the editing, the formatting. To me, it's so important along with, like you're saying, the cover design has to be absolutely perfect of like, um, you know, getting like 99 cover designs or um, Fiverr or getting some artist to actually design it for you. If you're not a graphic artist, it goes so far. And and the keywords, and, and I'm curious on the categories because the keywords categories is like critical in the publishing. There's got a lot of research that goes into it. You got to get the categories spot on. That's probably, in my opinion, one of the most important pieces is like, the category research and getting those categories exactly right for you to get that number one bestseller, right? 
Oh yes, absolutely. But I have to say, Thomas, with with my students, um, the 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 thing that we work on a lot, uh, and actually this is something that we 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 do from week one, um, when when they when they take my courses or when they work with me one to one is we actually do the keyword research from day one because we we want to identify um, what what readers are putting on Amazon when they are looking for books um, to read. And when you understand um, the psyche of your reader, when you understand what they are looking for, obviously you can write a book on that or focus on that particular topic. So for example, in my case, as a psychologist, there's so many things that I can write about. And for my second book, I wanted to write a book about self-doubt. I wanted to write a book about um, uh, feelings of incompetence and so on and so forth. So initially, I wanted to title my book, um, How to Overcome Self-Doubt. From my keyword research, I found that, yes, there are people looking for that um, particular keyword, but there's also a ton of competition there. And what I found was, there are several thousand um, readers per month who are looking for imposter syndrome specifically. So when you understand what your readers are looking for, you have that advantage of um, understanding what you could focus on in your book and serve uh, what your readers are looking for. But at the same time, when you understand what those keywords are, you can incorporate that in your title, in your subtitle, in your book description. You know, in, in self-publishing, we call it the metadata. You can put it in your series title so that you can trigger the Amazon algorithm, meaning when people type in these keywords on their search bar, because it's reflected in your title and subtitle and book description, Amazon will identify your book as something that is relevant to that particular keyword and you have a better chance at appearing on the first page of that search um, of, of that search. So that's really important. You know, we, we do keyword research from the get-go. We try to test our ideas to make sure that what we have in mind um, in terms of what we want to write is actually something that people are looking for. Or if we have so many ideas, you know, we can actually refine um, it in, in such a way that will serve our audience because they are looking for specific books. But at the same time, when we do our keyword research later on, when we finish writing our books, we can incorporate these keywords in our metadata, you know, in the title, subtitle, and book description, so that when people type in these keywords on the search bar, Amazon will identify your book as relevant and show them to your audience. So it's a really great way to um, get organic reach. You use the Amazon algorithm to make your book visible um, to the people who are looking for a book like yours. Because for me, my, my main fear um, when I started out was I'm going to write this book, I'm going to pour my heart and soul and I really want to serve my audience. But if they couldn't find my book and if I couldn't stand the competition, then, then what's the point? You know, I'm really just wasting my time and I'm wasting my energy. If I'm truly deeply passionate about something and if I want to reach my audience, I want to make sure that my people will be able to find me. And keyword research is the way to do that but also, as you know, as we've talked about earlier, you know, category research, positioning your book strategically on Amazon, identifying those categories and sub 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 categories, if you like, just to make sure that your book is actually 
um, widely visible on Amazon. So the people who are looking for your book will be able to find you easily. Oh, yeah, it's so true. There's so much work goes into the keywords, categories. And and I think, you know, to back all that up, the algorithm keyword, the the categories is really the marketing plan. And, and um, I'm curious in what you've done before with your students. But for me, I think, you know, the, the Amazon ads, um, you know, those are pretty cheap of like a couple cents of click when you really get those dialed in to be a, a really an amazing source of advertisement for your books. But also, you know, I've used some, you know, other people that review and put on their website or um, certain types of websites will, um, you know, post your book in like a new release. There's all sorts of ways to market your book, but I'm curious on like what you've done, you know, post-publishing. Because I think to me, that's like the hardest part is, is the the publishing is is getting a little bit tougher, and then the actual marketing is, um, it, it's pretty tough unless you have the most specific plan and somebody guiding you in that, right? Oh yes, absolutely. And I have to say, I, I did mention earlier with my uh, first book, and actually all of my books and all of my students, when we launch our books, we all get to number one bestseller. And, and not to brag, it's actually relatively easy um, to get to number one bestseller if you know what you are doing, especially if you have um, your launch strategy in place, if you know what you're doing, if you've got your keyword research set, if you have your category research set, if you have a launch team helping you out. Um, getting to number one bestseller on Amazon is actually not that difficult. The difficulty actually is staying there and, and how to keep up the sales after launch week. So what I found with myself and my, my most successful students is that the ones who are able to trigger the Amazon algorithm are the ones who are able to stay there at the top for, for a longer period of time. What that means is if you, if you trigger the Amazon algorithm, it means that Amazon is actually promoting the book for you. Sometimes you know Amazon sends out these email blasts and have recommended um, books or that your book just keeps appearing in other people's um, searches because you have um, identified the high traffic keywords. So that's a really great way to um, generate sales in the long run. Ideally, you would also want your books to, to have several formats so your readers have the choice if they want to read on Kindle, if they want paperback. And I have to say, for me, being on podcasts, you know, that's a really great way to um, to promote my my brand and, and my books, but also because I have a an audiobook version um, of of my books, that's also another format um, that you can explore. And 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 to be truth, uh, you know, truth be told, I I actually sell more audiobooks than paperback copies. So people actually like to listen um, to audiobooks now than than read um, paperback copies. So. Having your book in multiple formats is a really great way to promote your books in the long run. But also um, adding more books in your portfolio. Earlier in our conversation, we talked about writing um, a series of books, like presenting your books in bite-sized chunks. You know, that's a really great way to um, 
to to help your reader actually digest what you have to say so it's not as overwhelming to read one giant book in one go when you have a series of books it's easier to find it's easier to digest and in terms of marketing and in terms of long-term sales the more books that you have on on your portfolio the easier it is for your for your readers to find you because if they discover you on book three and find that you have other books in your series then you know if they love your book they might buy your other books so yeah for me i i tell my students after they finished um publishing their first book and they they've hit the number one bestseller um they they will have to um think about the second book the third book and so on and build that portfolio so yeah have your books in multiple formats um have more books in your portfolio but yeah, you could also explore going on podcasts. I have students who go on stages before COVID, of course. Um, they would promote their books um, in speaking engagements. Um, and some of them have been really creative with how they promote their books. Um, I, I have students who've been partnering up with um, uh, stores. For example, I have a student who's uh, written a book about pets and and, and how pet owners can um, cope with the loss of their pets. So instead of just selling them at bookstores, she's actually collaborating with um, veterinarians or with, with pet shops and so on. So she can also sell her, her books there. So there are creative ways to keep selling and marketing your books. Um, and, and for me, I have to say also Amazon ads, really great way, very cost-effective way, I have to say, um, to... To, to advertise and, and, and market your books. There are also other book promotion services that um, that can promote your books for you. If you have like promos, for example, Buck Books is absolutely fantastic. Bargain Books, these are some of the um, book promotion services that I uh, recommend with my students. I actually do have uh, several dozen that I recommend, but these are just some of the book promotion services that, that I recommend to my students if they want um, to to keep promoting and and leverage other people's um other people's audience if you don't have an existing audience yet. Wow, this is amazing! What an amazing show because uh, we really, I think we boiled down self publishing into like forty eight minutes, which is kind of crazy. But there is so much value in this. Like whoever is listening, if you're writing a book, I I strongly suggest you just listen to what Emmy has been talking about. Like listen to this podcast probably two or three times because um, literally this is the exact formula on how to publish a book and and uh, doing it yourself is really tough like it's important to have a coach to have somebody like Emmy in your life and um, I'm, I'm curious Emmy like how how can people get a hold of you where can they find you where can they sign up for your coaching program Oh, of course. Well, if people want to find out about what I do and, and how I can, I can help them, I'm actually very active on Facebook. Uh, I have a self-publishing made simple Facebook community. I go there live every Tuesday. So for for my students and actually even for some uh, you know community members who are doing it themselves, even if they don't sign up to my courses, they can literally ask me anything about writing, self-publishing, and launching their books to number one bestseller. Because yeah, there are some authors who can actually do it themselves. You know, they've done their research and they just 
want to ask uh, a couple of things here and there and, and get guidance from, from me. So the self-publishing made simple community on Facebook is a really great way to, um, yeah, we have resources in there. We have a starter kit, which lists um, the steps involved in writing and self-publishing a book on Amazon. And there are certain steps there that some authors would probably miss, like the keyword research and the category research and building your launch team and all that. But yeah, the Self-Publishing Made Simple community is a really great resource. Um, I go there live every Tuesday. We have accountability sessions. And because my students and my graduates are also there, um, there's a lot of support um, for aspiring authors to learn from already uh, successful self-published authors. And for those who would like to sign up to my courses, you know, if they want everything condensed um, in, in one package, um, yeah, it's, it's all available in the self-publishing Made Simple community as well. So yeah, yeah. long story short, um, Thomas, yeah, if people want to find out more about me and want to learn more about self-publishing, just go to um, Facebook. It's the Self-Publishing Made Simple community. It's free. It's such a vibrant, friendly, supportive community. And I have to say, I don't take in everyone, <laughs> um, you know, just because you wanted to join. I don't actually let everyone in. I want it to be a, a safe um, and friendly community. So if you are thinking about joining us in the self-publishing made simple community, just um, mention in, in one of the uh, boxes there, you know, I usually ask questions um, and just say that, uh, you know, you, you listen to Thomas um, uh, Mountain Mind Tricks podcast and I'll let you in because I know that you are a good bunch and, you know, I, I try to protect my community and keep it um, safe and, and supportive um, in there. Oh, so wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, is there anything else that I didn't ask you or anything else you want to cover before we, we kind of wrap things up? Of course. Well, I have to say, Thomas, um, for those of you who are listening and are thinking about uh, writing and, and self-publishing your book, if you have this desire to serve others and maybe inspire others through your message, through your story, or if you're just holding on to a piece of information that you know will serve others, do not be afraid to write a book. Um, even if you're telling yourself, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not really a writer or I'm not expert enough or I'm not good enough, come and join us in the Self-Publishing Made Simple community. We'll, we'll hold you by the hand, we'll support you. And actually, for many of us uh, authors, we have these doubts, we have these um, insecurities ourselves. But if you realize that even that little bit of information that you have can actually make someone's life easier or can ease their pain whatever pain they might be experiencing right now if you are holding on to that information and the only reason why you haven't written your book yet is because you're doubting yourself come and join us and we'll encourage you and the next thing you know you'll be a number one best-selling author as well and we'll celebrate together um when when you get to that point oh i love it thank you so much and and i gotta say i think the best feeling in the entire world is having that published paperback in your hand, taking a selfie, celebrating, because it's like, you did it. You actually published a book and, and it really hits you when you have that paper copy in your hand. It's just, it's an unbelievable feeling. It's so gratifying. It feels so good. And whoever's listening, I, I hope you're inspired to make your dream come true and, and write a self-published book because it is so powerful. 
Um, everybody should be writing books these days. And um, thank you, Emmy, so much for what an amazing interview. So much value. Everybody listening, like I said, just listen to this episode like three or four times because you, you're, there's so much value in here. It's jam-packed. And um, again, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being an amazing guest. And please come back. And uh, for people listening, I hope I hope we inspired you to just go a little bit deeper into yourself and find your sacred ancestry and and really remember that light inside yourself, that spark that gives you inspiration to be compassionate, to help others, to really help us change the world. There's an infinite amount of books floating out there in the ether, and all you have to do is tap into your highest self and write it. What if you could go out in the wilderness or international trek and experience firsthand shamanic healing, mental emotional release, and write your first draft? Writing a book isn't about the book. It's about the integration healing that that book facilitates, isn't it? Because when the book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And that's an amazing thing. If you've been procrastinating writing your book for years now, you can hear that book screaming for its life every night. Join me for a backcountry breakthrough. You'll experience guided trekking, daily energy sessions, mental emotional release, and writing sessions that guarantee your rough draft by the time you get back to the trailhead. Join me for a backcountry breakthrough. Go to mountainmindtricks slash backcountry dash breakthrough. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash backcountry dash breakthroughs. Writing a book isn't about the actual book because there, there's going to be those obstacles that try and derail you from the actual writing. The key is preserving through the pain of writing every day. The book begins to highlight your emotional deep core wounds in a way that makes you want to quit writing, right? But if you stay on the course, the old beliefs, the old identity of yourself, the negative ways of thinking begin to fall away. And suddenly, a new way of being starts to emerge. This is when the book begins to come alive and write itself. Because in this moment, you aren't writing the book. The book is writing itself as you have this internal transformation. This is the essence of healing through writing. Is your book screaming from the back of your mind? I know mine was. What would happen if your healing journey stopped here? You never got over that final hump. Your regret, remorse from not writing your book was the source of mind, body, future disease. I mean, what would you tell your clients if you couldn't work anymore? Go be healed somewhere else? I mean, what would happen if your business failed because you hold yourself back from your highest self? What would it be like if you regretted the book you never wrote and your last thoughts on your deathbed was, I wish I would have written that book. See, all these things are tragic, but it's possible for you to reach your big dream and be a number one best-selling author. When the book heals the author, the book heals the reader. This is a powerful concept because when books heal the reader, they sell and they go number one bestseller. So I'm starting this movement of healing through writing and using the breakthrough session to release the root cause of writer's block that procrastination, that loss of motivation when you started writing your book or you had the idea and you never started. There's one-on-one coaching calls, weekly homework and accountability. After a comprehensive health assessment, we build habits and systems and goals to keep you on track. There's MP3 guided meditations, one-on-one hypnosis. And then I really teach you how to get published, how to self-publish, or publish with my company, Mountain Mind Tricks Publishing. Then you leverage your book on podcasts, talk shows, speaking engagements, and you manifest that prosperity and passive income you're really looking for in your business. So I want you to check out BreakthroughWritersBlock.com and join the Healing Through Writing movement. 
be the best thing you've ever done in your life because writing a book will completely change everything. So go to BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Again, that's BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Are you a new author that's trying to wade through self-publishing of what category should I pick, find the right designer, get an editor, what about the formatting? What's the dimensions that the actual spine in the book have to be? Is it gloss or white paper? There's so many different things that goes on in publishing. And that's why I'm dedicated to helping indie authors that have gone through this healing journey through writing their own book publish that piece of art, publish that amazing work that could help heal others. And here's the thing, is when a book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And this is so huge. I know I say this all the time, but it's so important. And and I want to help the world make a huge impact by spreading more books that heal the reader. So if this sounds like you, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing. And if you're wading through... Should I publish on Amazon? What about Ingram Spark? How do I get my book into bookstores? What should I do to even launch a book? How do I get on podcasts? There's so many things that go into publishing. And again, that's why I'm here for you. I want to publish your book. So if this sounds like you, go to mountainmindtricks.com publishing. Again, mountainmindtricks.com publishing.